growing up as so much yes an illustrious career i should hasten to admit however that there was consider there was a considerable hiatus between the first stolen book and the second another noteworthy point is that the first was stolen from snow and the second from fire not to omit that others were also given to her all told she owned 14 books but she saw her story as being made up predominantly of 10 of them of those 10 six were stolen one showed up at the kitchen table two were made for her by a hidden jew and one was delivered by a soft yellow dressed afternoon when she came to write her story she would wonder exactly when the books and the words started to mean not just something but everything was it when she first set eyes on the room with shelves and shelves of them or when max vandenberg arrived on himmel street carrying handfuls of suffering and hitler's main camp was it reading in the shelters the last parade to dachau was it the word shaker perhaps there would never be a precise answer as to when and where it occurred in any case this getting ahead that's getting ahead of myself before we make it to any of that we first need to tour lisel memingers beginning on himmel street and the art of sumenchi upon her arrival you could still see the bite marks of snow on her hands and the frosty blood on her fingers everything about her was undernourished wire like shins caught hanger arms she did not produce it easily but when it came she had a starving smile her hair was a close enough brand of german blonde but she had dangerous eyes dark brown you didn't really want brown eyes in germany around that time perhaps she received them from her father but she had no way of knowing as she couldn't remember him there was really only one thing she knew about her father it was a label she did not understand a strange word communist she had heard it several times in the past few years communist there were boarding houses crammed with people rooms filled with questions and that word that strange word was always there somewhere standing in the corner watching from the dark it for suits uniforms no matter where they went there it was each time her father had was mentioned each time her father was mentioned it was there she could smell it and taste it she just couldn't understand it or spell when she asked her mother what it meant she was told that it wasn't important that she shouldn't worry about such things at one boarding house there was a healthier woman who tried to teach the students to write using charcoal on the wall liesel was tempted to ask her the meaning but it never eventuated one day that woman was taken away for questioning 
she didn't come back when lisa arrived in the morning she had at least some inkling that she was being saved but that was not a comfort if her mother allowed her why leave her on someone else's doorstep why 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 the fact that she knew the answer if only at the most basic level seemed to be beside the point her mother was constantly sick and there was never any money to fix her lisa knew that but that didn't mean she had to accept it no matter how many times she was told she was told that she was loved there was no recognition that the proof was in the abandonment nothing changed the fact that she was a lost skinny child in another foreign place with more foreign people alone the hubermans lived in one of the small box like houses on himmel street a few rooms a kitchen and a shared outhouse with neighbors the roof was flat and there was a shallow basement for storage it was supposedly not a basement of adequate depth in 1939 this wasn't a problem later in 42 and 43 it was when air raids started they always needed to rush down to the rush down the street to a better shelter in the beginning it was the profanity that made an immediate impact it was so vehement and prolific every second word was either so much or so cool or ashlock for people who are unfamiliar with these words i should explain so of course refers to pigs in case of so much it serves to castigate berate or plain humiliate a female so cool pronounced so cool is for a male ashlock can be translated directly to as hall that word however does not differentiate between the sexes it simply is so much do drickages lisel's foster mother shouted that first evening when she refused to have a bath you filthy pig why wouldn't you get undressed she was good at being furious in fact you could say that rosa huberman had a face decorated with constant fury that was how the creases were made in the cardboard texture of her complexion lisel naturally was bathed in anxiety there was no way she was getting into any bath or into bed for that matter she was twisted into one corner of the closet like washroom clutching for the non-existent non-existent arms of the wall for some level of support there was nothing but dry paint difficult breath and a deluge of abuse from rosa Leave her alone," Hans Huberman endured the fray. His gentle voice made its way in, as if slipping through a crowd. "Leave her to me." He moved closer and sat on the floor against the wall. The tiles were cold and unkind. "You know how to roll a cigarette?" he asked her. And for the next hour or so, they sat in the rising pool of darkness, playing with tobacco and cigarette papers. And Hans Huberman. smoking them when the hour was up lisel could roll a cigarette moderately well she still didn't have a bath
some facts about Hans Huberman. He loved to smoke. The main thing he enjoyed about smoking was the rolling. He was a painter by trade and played the piano accordion. This came in handy, especially in winter when he could make a little money playing in the pubs of Malking, like the Nola. He he had already cheated me in one world war, but would later be put into another as a perverse kind of reward that he would somehow manage to avoid me again. To most people, Hans Huberman was barely visible, an unspecial person. Certainly, his painting skills were excellent. His musical ability was better than average. Somehow though, and I am sure you have met people like this, he was able to appear as merely part of the background. Even if he was standing at the front of a line, he was always just there. Not noticeable, not important or particularly valuable. The frustration of that appearance, as you can imagine, was its complete misleadings, let's say. There most definitely was value in him, and it did not go unnoticed by Liesel Meminga, the human child, so much cannier at times than the stupefyingly ponderous adult. She saw it immediately. immediately. His manner, the quiet air around him, when he turned the light on in the small callous washroom that night, Liesel observed the strangeness of her foster father's eyes. They were made of kindness and silver, like soft silver, melting. Liesel, upon seeing those eyes, understood that Hans Huberman was worth a lot. Some facts about Rosa Huberman. She was 5 feet 1 inch tall and wore her browny grey strands of elastic hair in a bun. To supplement the Huberman income, she did the washing and ironing for five of the wealthier households in Malking. Her cooking was atrocious. She possessed the, possessed the unique ability to aggravate almost anyone she ever met. But she did love Liesel Memingo. Her way of showing it just happened to be strange. It, done, it involved bashing her with wooden spoon and words at various intervals. When Liesel finally had a bath, after two weeks of living on Himmel Street, Rosa gave her an enormous injury-inducing hug. Nearly choking her, she said, So mensch, do trikijes, it's about time. After a few months, they were no longer Mr. and Mrs. Huberman. With a typical fistful of words, Rosa said, Now, listen, Liesel, from now on, you call me Mama. She thought a moment. What did you call your real mother? Liesel answered quietly. Out, Mama. Also Mama. Well, I am Mama number two, then. She looked over at her husband. And him over there? She seemed to collect the words in her hand, pat them together and hurl them across the table. That soccer, that filthy pig, you call him Papa. Understand? Yes. Liesel promptly agreed. Quick answers were appreciated in this household. Yes, Mama. Mama corrected her. So much. Call me Mama when you talk to me. At that moment, Hans Huberman had just completed rolling a cigarette, having licked the paper and jointed it all up. He looked over at Liesel and winked. She would have no trouble calling him Papa.
the woman with the iron fist those first few months were definitely the hardest every night lisa would nightmare her brother's face staring at the floor she would wake up swimming in her bed screaming and drowning in the flood of sheets on the other side of the room the bed was meant for her brother the bed that was meant for her brother floated bot like in the darkness slowly with the arrival of consciousness it sank seemingly into the floor this vision didn't help matters and it would usually be quite a while before the screaming stopped possibly the only good to come out of these nightmares was that it brought hans huberman her new papa into the room to soothe her to love her he came in every night and sat with her the first couple of times he simply stayed a stranger to kill the aloneness a few nights after that he whispered shh i'm here it's all right after 3 weeks he held her trust was accumulated quickly due primarily to the brute strength of the man's gentleness his thereness the girl knew from the outset that hans huberman would always appear mid screen and he would not leave a definition not found in the dictionary not living an act of trust and love often deciphered by children hans huberman sat sleepy eyed on the bed and lisel would cry into his sleeves and breathe him in every morning just after 2 o'clock she would fall asleep again to the smell of him it was a mixture of dead cigarettes decades of paint and human skin At first she sucked it all in then breathed it until she drifted back down Each morning he was a few feet away from her crumpled almost halfed in the chair He never used the other bed Liesel would climb out and cautiously kiss his cheek and he would wake him, wake up and smile Some days papa told her to get back into the bed and wait a minute and he would return with his accordion and play for her Liesel would sit up and hum her cool toes clenched with excitement no one had ever given her music before she would grin herself stupid watching the lines drawing themselves down his face and the soft metal of his eyes until the swearing arrived from the kitchen stop that noise filthy pig papa would play a little longer he would wink at the girl and clumsily she'd wink back a few times purely to incense mama a little further he also brought the instrument to the kitchen and played through breakfast papa's bread and jam would be half eaten on his plate curled into the shape of bite marks and music would look lazel in the face I know it sounds strange but that's how it felt to her. Papa's right hand stole the tooth-colored keys. His left hit the buttons. She especially loved to see him hit the silver sparkled button, the C major. The accordion scratched yet shiny black exterior came back and forth as his arms squeezed the dusty bellows, making it suck in the air and throw it back down, back out. In the kitchen on those mornings Papa made the accordion live 
I guess it makes sense when you really think about it. How do you tell if something's alive? You check for breathing. The sound of the accordion was in fact also the announcement of safety, daylight. During the day, it was impossible to dream of her brother. She would miss him and frequently cry in the tiny washroom as quietly as possible, but she was still glad to be awake. On her first night with the Hubermans, she had hid her last link to him, the gravedigger's handbook, under her mattress, and occasionally she would pull it out and hold it, staring at the leathers on the cover and touching the print inside. She had no idea what any of it was saying. The point is, it didn't really matter what the book was about. It was what it meant that was more important. didn't really matter what the book was about it was what it meant that was more important the book's meaning one the last time he she saw her brother two the last time she saw her brother sometimes she would whisper the word mama and see her mother's face a hundred times in a single afternoon but those were small mysteries compared to the terror of her dreams at those times in the enormous mileage mileage of sleep she had never felt so completely alone as i am sure you would have already noticed there were no other children in the house the hubermans had two of their own but they were older and had moved out hans junior worked in the center of munich and truly held a job as a housemaid and childminder Soon they would both be in war. One would be making bullets and the other would be shooting them. School, as you might imagine, was a terrific failure. Although it was state-run, there was a heavy Catholic influence. And Liesel was Lutheran. Not the most auspicious start. Then they discovered she couldn't read or write. Humiliatingly, she was cast down with the younger kids who were... only just learning the alphabet even though she was thin-boned and pale she felt gigantic amongst the mid-midget children and she often wished she was pale enough to disappear altogether even at home there wasn't much room for guidance don't ask him for help mama pointed out that big papa was staring out of the window as was often his habit He left school in fourth grade. Without turning around, Papa answered calmly but with venom. Well, don't ask her either. He dropped some ash outside. She left school in third grade. There were no books in the house apart from the one she had secreted under her mattress. And the best Liesel could do was peek the alphabet under her, her breath before she was told in no way. uncertain terms to keep quiet all that mumbling it was another later when there was a bedwetting incident mid nightmare that an extra reading education began unofficial unofficially it was called the midnight class even though it usually commenced at around 2 in the morning more of that soon in mid february when she turned 10 liesel was given a used doll that had a missing leg and yellow hair it was the best we could do 
Papa apologized. What are you talking about? She's lucky to have that much. Mama corrected him. Hans continued to continued his examination of the remaining leg while Liesel tried on her new uniform. Ten years old meant Hitler youth. Hitler youth meant a small brown uniform. Being female, Liesel was enrolled into what was called the BDM. Explanation of the abbreviation. It stood for Bund Deutsche Medal, Band of German Girls. The first thing they did there was to make sure your Hail Hitler was working properly. Then you were taught to march straight, roll bandages and sew up clothes. You were also given you were also taken hiking and on other such activities. Wednesday and Saturday were the designated meeting days from 3 in the afternoon until 5. Each Wednesday and Saturday, Papa would walk Liesel there and pick her up 2 hours later. They never spoke about it much. They just held hands and listened to their feet and Papa had a cigarette or two. The only anxiety Papa brought her was the fact that he was constantly leaving. Many evenings, he would walk into the living room, which doubled as the Huberman's Huber bedroom, pull the accordion from the old cupboard, squeeze past the kitchen to the front door. As he walked up Himmel Street, Mama would open the window and cry out, Don't be home too late! Not so loud! He would turn back and call back. Pig, lick my ass. I'll speak as loud as I want. The echo of her swearing followed him up the street. He never looked back, or at least not until he was sure his wife was gone. On those evenings, at the end of the street, accordion came in, case in hand. He would turn round, just around Frodiller's corner shop and see the figure who had replaced his wife in the window. Briefly, his long ghostly hand would rise before he turned again and walked slowly on. The next time Liesel saw him would be two in the morning when he dragged her gently from her nightmare. Evenings in the small kitchen were raucous without fail. Rosa Huberman was always talking and when she was talking it took the form of Shimpen. She was constantly arguing and complaining. There was no one to really argue with, but Mama managed it expertly every chance she had. She could argue with the entire world in that kitchen, and almost every evening she did. Once they had eaten and Papa was gone, Liesel and Rosa would usually remain there and Rosa would do the ironing. A few times a week, Liesel would come home from school and walk the streets of Malking with her Mama picking up and delivering, washing and ironing from the wealthier parts of the town. Nordstrass, Hedestrass, a few others. Mama would deliver the ironing or pick up the washing with a dutiful smile, but as soon as the door was shut and she walked away, she would curse these rich people with all their money and laziness. Too shit and cut to wash their own clothes, she would say, despite her dependence on them. Him, he accused her Vogel from Hedestrass, made all his money from his father. He throws it away on woman and drink and washing and ironing, of course. It was like a roll call of scorn. Her Vogel, her and Fru, Fafel Führer, Helena Schmidt, the Weingartners, they were all guilty of something. Apart from his drunkenness and expensive lechery, 
Ernst Burger, according to Rosa, was constantly scratching his louse-ridden hair, licking his fingers and then handing her the money. I should wash it before I come home, was her summation. The faithful furors scrutinized the results. Not one crease in these shirts, please. Rosa imitated them. Not one wrinkle in this suit. And then they stand there and inspected it all right in front of me, right under my nose. What a schindle! What trash! The Wayne Gardners were apparently stupid people with a constantly molting showmanship of a cat. Do you know how long it takes me to get rid of all that fur? It's everywhere. Helena Schmidt was a rich widow. That old cripple sitting there just wasting away. She's never had to do a day's work in all her life. Rosa's greatest disdain, however, was reserved for eight grand strassi. A large house high on a hill in the upper part of Malking. This one, she pointed out to Liesel the first time they went there, is the mayor's house. That crook. His wife sits at home all day, too mean to light a fire. It's always freezing in there. She's crazy. She punctuated the words. Absolutely crazy. At the gate, she motioned to the girl. You go. Liesel was horrified. A giant brown door with a brass snooker stood atop a small flight of steps. What? Mama showered her. Don't you want me? Shormanj, move it. Liesel moved it. She walked the path, climbed the steps, hesitated and knocked. A bathrobe answered the door. Inside it, a woman with startled eyes, hair like fluff and the posture of a defeat stood in front of her. She saw Mama at the gate and handed the girl a bag of washing. Thank you, Liesel said, but there was no reply, only the door. It closed. You see, said Mama when she returned to the gate, this is what I have to put up with. These rich bastards, this lazy swine. Holding the washing as they walked away, Liesel looked back. The brass knocker eyed her from the door. When she finished berating the people she worked for, Rosa Huberman would usually move on to her other favorite theme of abuse, her husband. Looking at the bag of washing and the hunched houses, she would talk and talk and talk. If your papa was any good, she informed Liesel every time they walked through Malking, I wouldn't have to do this, she sniffed with derision. Derision. A painter. Why marry that ashlock? That's what they told me, my family, that is. Their footsteps crunched along the path, and here I am, walking the streets and slaving in my kitchen because that sockerel never has any work. No real work, anyway. Just that pathetic accordion in those dirt holes every night. Yes, Mama. Is that all you have got to say? Mama's eyes were like pale blue cutouts pasted to her face. They would walk on, with Liesel carrying the sack. At home, it was washed in a boiler next to the stove, hung up in the fireplace in the living room and then ironed in the kitchen. The kitchen was where the action was. Did you hear that? Mama asked her nearly every night. The iron was in her fist, heated from the stove. The light was dull all through the house and Liesel sitting at the kitchen table would be staring at the gaps of fire in front of her. What? She'd reply. What is it? 
that was holds holds up well mama would already mama was already out of her seat that showman just pat on her door again it was a tradition for fro holds up one of their neighbors to spit on the huberman's door every time she walked past the front door was only meters from the gate and let's just say that fro holds up well had the distance and the accuracy the spitting was due to the fact that she and rosa huberman were engaged in some kind of a decade long verbal war no one knew the origin of this this hostility they had probably forgotten it themselves fro holds up well was a wiry woman and quite obviously spiteful she had never married but had two sons a few years older than the huberman of spring both were in the army and both will make cameo appearances by the time we are finished here i assure you in the spiteful stakes i should also say that fro holds up well was thorough with her spitting too she never neglected to spuck on the door of number 33 and say swine each time she walked past one thing i noticed about the germans they seem very fond of pigs a small question and its answer and who do you think was made to clean the spit of the door each night yes you got it when a woman with an iron fist tell you to get out there and clean the spit of the door you do it especially when the iron's hot it was all just part of the routine really each night liesel would step outside and wipe the door and watch the sky usually it was like spillage cold and heavy slippery and gray but once in a while some stars had the nerve to rise and float if only for a few moments on those nights she would stay a little longer and wait hello stars waiting for the voice from the kitchen or till the stars were dragged down again into the waters of the german sky